Hello, this is uh, Savage Mind, uh, episode one. I'm trying something new today. Um, podcast dedicated to Savage Mind and Soul Vision Records. Uh, so the updates and news, um, and not necessarily updates and news, I guess, but more like storyline. Um, give more contextual information about where I am, who I am, how I got here, and um, what I do. So the, um, to those who are tuning in for the first time, uh, I go by the name of Savage Mind. I'm a rapper, producer, audio engineer, multi-instrumentalist, jazz musician, and a bunch of other things. Um, but my focus primarily is music, particularly in the genres of rap, hip-hop, um, funk, um, and jazz. Um, definitely a, a, a strange, I, actually I wouldn't say strange, but definitely a unique mixture, that's for sure. And that's something I've been um, kind of exposed to all my entire life. Um, and I guess uh, to give a little background of uh, those of you who don't really know my story, where where I'm from and where I uh, got to go or where I, how I got here, that's what I'm trying to say, anyways, so I was born in the Philippines, um, in 1995, I, uh, immigrated here when I was about 11 months old, so extremely young, barely, barely, uh, get into life, um, I was blessed to, uh, immigrate here, uh, due to my parents, um, being both naturalized here as uh, citizens in the United States. Um, afterwards, uh, so from there, we settled in Pittsburgh, California. Um, and I grew up there and was raised there all my life, um, up until the point of high school and graduating. Um, I got into music at an early age. Um, I would say formally, I didn't start until about fourth grade when I was in nine years old about. Um, when I joined uh, my elementary school band, that's when I started, uh, picked up percussion. So playing woodblock, snare drum, and other different percussion instruments. And that was sort of my introduction to, uh, to music. Um, earlier than that though, I knew, I knew music was my thing just because when I was four years old, five years old, my parents would always put on tapes. Uh, there was this one particularly uh, interesting tape. It was like a, it's just like childhood nursery rhymes and whatever. But I, but I had so much fun like singing all of that. And that, that I mean, you know, it's just a bunch of nursery rhymes and other stuff. But I knew there was something special about um, music and why I was so invested in it. Um, later on, like I said, about fourth grade when I started playing percussion, I found sort of this deep and immense joy um, from playing and then by the time it was sixth grade that was my first introduction to jazz um, it was an early morning I got dropped off of school early I was already part of beginning band um, in middle school and then um, but I really wanted to uh, well what happened was I came to school early um, and uh, found out there was this jazz band and jazz band rehearsed from about seven o'clock to to eight before uh, first period would start. So it was a zero period class. And I found out that, oh shit, there are people coming here hella early 
to play this music and learn about it. And that was sort of my first introduction to jazz music. Um, by then, I was sort of sheltered musically in a way. Um, the only thing I would ever listen to were my parents' CDs and tapes uh, because they were very strict about what I listened to and uh, who was controlling the radio. So I never really actually listened to the radio prior to this. Um, and so most of the time, I just listened to what my parents listened to. Uh, my mother uh, was quite fond of uh, ABBA, um, so I listened to a little ABBA, but um, got into a little of, uh, what's it called, the Bee Gees, um, a little bit of Earth, Wind & Fire, but not too much, um, but they were really, my, my mother and both my father were really into love songs, they, um, um, maybe it's just like a Filipino thing or whatever. <laughs> But they really loved love songs. Like, love was such a, a hyper-idolized aspect of life, which I thought was always interesting. But um, that's what drew the music. For my dad, he was, um, because he's much older, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's actually 76 years old. So we have quite a bit of a gap in terms of age. Uh, me being 23 and him being uh, 75 going on 76, I mean. Um, and so, that's about fucking 50 years, you know, so you can imagine how, how the age gap really affected my upbringing, I mean, really, I didn't know my dad until about high school, um, because he was always working, and I knew he was always working, but every time he would come home after his commute to the city and working, uh, I would, it was always a joy seeing him, but most of the time, he would just eat and fall asleep. And I, I really didn't know much about him until I started talking to him um, after high school, until I was about 19 and 20. And now I'm extremely appreciative of the relationship I have with both him and my mother. Anyways, um, my father listened to, listened to a lot of stuff. Um, he liked a lot of doo-wop stuff, listened to the platters and... Um, Excuse me. Um, a little bit of Motown stuff in between, but he was more to the Platters. And um, honestly, I don't know the other artists because uh, he is just a plethora. He was really into country, too. Um, he listened to a lot of Dolly Parton, uh, a lot of Kenny Rogers. Um, and so, it was, you know, it was a really interesting foundation for me. Um, and then, in addition to that, for both of them, it was a lot of uh, OPM classics. I can't name them off my head uh, just because I didn't really uh, think about it. And for those of you who don't know, OPM stands for uh, Original Philippine Music. Um, so music coming out of, uh, from the Philippines, uh, out of Philippine artists. And for a lot of people, a lot of people know that the Philippines is very well known for its um, musical ability. But I, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that. Um, because there's a lot of uh, underlying, I think there's a lot of underlying political things that go on, political, psychological, sociological things that go on um, in the Philippine cultural sort of aspect um, when it, in context of music. Um, but in summary, that's the type of background I was growing up with. So really, no, no jazz, no funk, no R&B, no rap at all. Um, until at least about middle school when I would actually hear it around by people, you know. Um, I think it's interesting that, um, like, older 
people who I went to school with, like most of them grew up with it, even in elementary school listening to, to a lot of artists and stuff like that. And I would I would hear it too, but I wouldn't really like take it in. Like, um I know um in the early like early to mid two thousands there's a lot of artists popping off. Um I mean Outcast has been there for a while, but uh in the early two thousands Outcast was popping off. Um, Kanye was popping off for sure, uh, 50 Cent, um, just a mixture of, of people in the early 2000s to mid 2000s, and I actually never got into, um, I didn't grow up listening to Bay Area rap and hip-hop, and, um, I was really, I was honestly ignorant of the hyphy movement until about high school, until I realized, you know, a lot of stuff contextually. And so sixth grade, um, the real introduction to, to rap and to hip-hop was when my brother, um, my first day of sixth grade, I can remember it vividly. It was like hella early in the morning. He, uh, my brother had already graduated high school, and so he, uh, he was asked to drop me off on my first day of school. Um, and I was honestly, I, I, in general, I was shy. I was very anxious. And... Um, I was uncertain about my experiences. Um, I really didn't have a voice for myself or think of much about myself until after, until high school, really, until I met wonderful people to help guide me, realized that I could be who I wanted to be and that I should not give a fuck about anyone. And so, really, it was a lot of identity building for so many not long years, but there was one thing that was for sure that was consistent and that was absolutely music um, in middle school. But anyways, back to what I was saying. <laughs> in sixth grade, my brother was dropping me off and one thing that caught my ear was fucking the song by Kanye West, uh, Touch the Sky. Um, if you know hip hop, know rap and have listened, um, you know, and now obviously Kanye is Kanye and he's made a name for himself and it's controversial, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, getting into context, it was about, what, 2000, 2006, Touch the Sky, and, like, that sample really got to me. So I found out that sample was a, um, uh, Otis Redding sample, I believe. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct artist, but I know the song was, uh, Move On Up. And it's da 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 and that shit got to me because when I heard those fucking horns and mind you I was playing trumpet I learned um, for beginning band in sixth grade I played trumpet I think I was like I really found like oh shit this is dope and then you know with Kanye rapping over it uh, I'ma touch the sky yeah I'ma touch the sky oh like you know the 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 cadence of his voice and the the cadence of of rap was something that I really caught my ear at that time and that was really my first introduction to rap and hip hop and so um the other introduction was me knowing the context of my brother so I, so I never knew this but as I since my brother had just graduated high school I knew that he was involved with uh breakdancing so he was a b-boy, and <laughs> turns out he was also the president of the b-boy club at um, um, in Pittsburgh High School. So I never even knew, you know, 
I never knew that, and I, I eventually found out that all my cousins uh, were b-boys, and that that hip-hop ran deep, you know, and, like, the, the roots of it all, and so I was like, oh, that's dope, and then I, um, so really, sixth grade, that's when I was getting an introduction to jazz, starting to play jazz in the early morning jazz band, because um, my, my director was really they 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 encouraged me to play and honestly i just love playing like period period p-e-r-i-o-d-t you feel me no i'm fucking playing that was a bad joke anyways that's sort of what what really sparked my upbringing um in terms of the split between jazz and and rap and hip-hop now up to about seventh and eighth grade um i was pretty much going knee deep with jazz i was learning so much listening to artists i've never heard before and learning about how to play jazz Uh, i started off on jazz drums so i learned the swing pattern i learned how to swing a little bit i learned the importance of two and four um in in terms of the hi-hat in terms of clapping in terms of hits and started really feeling syncopation and now, obviously, with years and years of studying music and understanding the cultural significance, um, like I know the context of and the, and the root of jazz in that it's uh, a byproduct of African polyrhythms and how these polyrhythms and syncopation would eventually uh, transform into what we know now, what we hear now in modern music. Um, but that was after context, after years of, of studying music. But for now, at least right now, um, or, or when, or at that time, jazz was like my first introduction and I started learning. But interestingly enough, during about seventh grade and eighth grade, uh, a lot of music that I was listening to was like pop punk. And because I started learning guitar, I was getting into like some metal bands and I know that there are subgenres of metal and so it's hard to really like paint a genre but some of the bands that I were listening to at least on the pop punk end were uh, fucking uh, All Time Low and um, uh, let's see I listened to a little bit of Fall Out Boy Boys Like Girls um, just a mixture of shit you probably wouldn't have expected then, as I was learning guitar, I was learning a little bit more about classic rock. Uh, got into Led Zeppelin. Got into that's um, not get into. Got into Metallica. Got into Megadeth. Got into um, uh, who else? Uh, and obviously, hearing like the rock classics because I was learning rock guitar. Um, as a lot of guitarists start off with, um, but then I had this context of jazz still in behind my head, you know, and then this slight introduction to rap from my brother and from whatever I heard, you know, on the radio and now, and then eventually to the point where what I heard at dances, um, so I know for sure, like, the South was popping off too, because Lil Wayne was coming out, then we, uh, uh, for folks who, who grew up, around that area or area era too we, we start hearing fucking soldier boy and all these other dances and like the the things that would come out um like my lean with it rock with it and you know drop it like it's hot and like 
fucking you know all these different songs that that gave a different context you know and then anyways we moved on to i moved on to high school and that was really when i started figuring out my identity in terms of who i was an artist and what kind of the type of music i really wanted to make so um from there i started uh getting more you know deeper into jazz uh, as i was getting very very uh invigorated uh, with jazz um, and the music and learning all these artists and uh, players that I looked up to and then eventually I started getting into um, just a plethora of artists and um, hearing like Mary Ferguson and Duke Ellington and the big bands um, like Basie uh, and, you know the Basie Orchestra and then going to soloists like Miles Davis and Lee Morgan and and um, Freddie Hubbard and John Coltrane and all these other like cats I heard Donald Byrd and Roy Eldridge, and it's just countless, countless of other people that are really into uh, Art Blakey, Art Tatum, Art Farmer, <laughs> uh, the arts, and then Billy Evans, Billy Evans, Bill Evans, and Bud Powell. You know, like just countless, countless of jazz cats that were I was feeding in. Um, Chick Corea, you know, the list goes on, um, but. By my freshman year, that's when, like, hip-hop was really, like, consuming me. When I kind of started straying away from rock um, and really got into rapping hip-hop just from the cultures, from people. And, and 2008, 2009, mind you, that's when Drake for sure started popping off. Um, uh, the best I ever had was the first Drake song I've ever fucking heard. And then after that, I listened to October's radio, or, or the comeback season. Um, tripping uh, the comeback season and then heard some of the craziest shit um, and then I, I got into Drake and then from there it was you know uh, So Far Gone Think Me Later and then Take Care throughout high school and all these different things but I think one thing I got really interested in was the fact that um, I will never forget this my homie um she was someone I hung out with almost all the time my freshman year. Uh, she was a senior, I was a freshman, and she acted as one of the dopest mentors, and is still one of my great friends till this day, and we still kick it. Um, and she, she was taking me home one time, and then this J. Cole song from Friday Night Lights comes on, because she had started listening to J. Cole. And that, I mean, that rhythm got to me. It goes... Come in, I'm about to take you higher. We about to set this bitch on fire. Pour a little gas, spark up the lighter. You might not be the one, but you the one that I desire. Come in, I'm about to take you higher. We about to set this bitch on fire. Pour a little gas, spark up the lighter. You not be the one. Yeah, and so that song is higher off of uh, J. Cole's uh, Friday Night Lights project. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to fucking tell you, that shit fucking, it changed me, like, legitimately. I, I ain't never heard shit like that, and I was like, uh, like, I, I like that. I like the bounce. And I think from that moment, that's when J. Cole became one of my favorite rappers of all time. And this is, you know, obviously for those folks who've been following J. Cole in his journey since, like, day one. Like, that was before 
uh, Born Sinner even popped off for Sideline Story, and you know he had all these singles popping off shortly um, in the sub subculture of rap and hip hop. But a lot of folks were listening to to Carl from at, at home, back home in Pittsburgh, and so um, people were really getting excited. I mean, Sideline Story was dope, and you had that um, uh, what's it called with the fucking Paula Abdul sample, like. Um, how that song go? I'm really bad with names. I'm gonna tell you that, like names of songs and stuff. Uh, the more you know, uh, but it goes. Uh, Trade up, don't tell me you're really gonna love me forever. Uh, 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 is it just a hit and run? Work out for me, work out for me. I know it's been a good thing, and many one night stand. Yeah, so that song, work out right. So that popped up on the radio. Started, you know, picking up momentum, and after that, there was some momentum building for him. And then Born Sinner came out, and you had that Power Trip song that really blew off, and folks started paying attention to J. Cole. And then eventually, he dropped for us his drive as the time passed, and you know, eventually, y'all already know where he is now. Um, but for me, it was really hearing that 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 higher song for Friday Night Lights even before the you know Can I Hit It in the Morning with Drake you know with that feature and um, like hearing higher already drew me to listen to um, uh, the warm up and hear you know this mixtape I'm like damn who is this cat and he's been dropping them since like 2000 whatever you know because Drake's about 10 years older than me exactly Um, he was born in 85 95 so um you know, the cultural difference was there. But I could still relate. Um, after after I heard Cole for the first time, I started getting, slowly getting into some of the independent hip-hop, some shit I started hearing. It was a lot of... Um, it was a lot of, like... A lot of artists that I was hearing um, on the underground that were still coming up. One, one person I found was dumbfounded um, around my junior year and senior year. And I was like, damn, this Korean cat's dope. Like, um, I guess in, in a sense, that was like my first Asian American representation like for rap and hip hop. And this, this was before I found out about folks like Bamboo, Ruby Ibarra, and you know, the whole, the whole Filipino um, MC sort of longer history. Shout out to Classy too. Um, you know, and then, and so this was all very foreign to me, but um, Dumbfounded was someone I found, and I was like, oh, that's dope, and then I heard about Noxtedi, and I would watch these Noxtedi freestyles and ciphers, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's really dope, like, this is, this is legitimately dope, this is new, and I, I, I love lyrical rap, I love fucking freestyles, I love shit like that, and I wanted to do the same, and so when I first started rapping, I, I didn't really start until about my senior year, and by then, mind you, I was, like, a senior in high school. Um, and by then, in middle school and high school, I was writing songs, but they were mostly love songs. And folks who know me and who grew up with me really recognize that. Um, <laughs> I used to sing a lot, I mean, you know, and I used to, to really take in a lot of stuff. Um, used to jam. I mean, I had a fucking ook, so I, I don't fuck that stereotype. The Filipino boy walking around with a ook, whatever. Like, I don't know, I just like music. The only difference was I played jazz, bitch, and that was different. And 
I think I'm so grateful to be to have grown up as a jazz musician, um, but also slightly getting into rap and hip hop um, at that time, uh, simply because I was rooted in a historically traditional black art that I feel doesn't even get enough credit. Um, because when it all comes down, we root all that music, all this complexity and syncopation, all this stuff that that roots in Africa, right? Like dead ass. And so many people take that for granted. So many people don't even recognize that history um, when they should. And and for me, I always the way I see it is I always treat myself when I work in jazz and rap and hip hop as a guest to the movement. I am a guest playing performing in this music and in this style and I have to learn and give the respect that's due to folks who who've been doing this forever um and that's my position on rap hip-hop and jazz and like I know I'm Filipino and I recognize that history I recognize where I'm from um but I really just I didn't grow up with OPM like other folks and um, I mean, that's not to say I don't listen to them. I've I've listened to Eraserheads. I've listened to um, close some of the older older stuff because again, my parents are like like much older. So one person I found out that was dope. She was talented. Um, it's Palita Corrales because she had a lot of Bisaya songs on my dad's side. Uh, what I so we speak. Um, my dad's side speaks what I and I listen and hear what I all the time. So what I put. You know what I, uh, I know, uh, shit. When I hear shit like "Kagad" or like "Dide," then he did the boss, "Maabotia," "Ma Ma Maabotia," "Dide" or something like you know, like that's fucking historically. What I, uh, I don't know why I'm getting into languages now. Uh, for those of you obviously who who know Savage Mind, <laughs> uh, you know I babble and banter a lot and not banter I'm tripping um I babble a lot and so a lot of uh a lot of my topics go on tangents um uh but anyways um yeah and and that's sort of the the, the sort of rich history of music that and foundation that I've kind of got like jazz and rap and learning such a an amazing art form um, that's rooted in the oppression of black folks and me participating in that is something that I constantly recognize because you don't have blues, you don't have soul, you don't have R&B and you don't have the, you know, rock, funk and all these, you know, extraneous sort of genres without the the result of European instruments and black folks playing them during the time of slavery and and I think what especially in the jazz world now and music in general um, for those who treat it more technical rather than like deeper than that um, music and at least the root of a lot of modern music which is jazz came about with a context of spirituals and spirituality but like also for the mourning and suffrage of black folks who who weren't trapped who were slaves and um, you know this horrible history that uh, years and thousands of years we're still trying to escape 
um, and the, the the sort of political policy repercussion that we're dealing with. Um, um, and so recognizing that, I think that people fail to fail to recognize this deep um, these this deep history when they make and perform this music and I don't know I just think that's a travesty because like bruh this this shit has always been deep and for you not to recognize that or for you to for anyone to neglect that and to just treat music so fucking technically rather than like like rather than take it as as the complex beautiful um the complex, beautiful art form that it is now is, I don't know, like, like you know, people are people could do whatever they want, and that's fine. But for me personally, I will always recognize this this deep heritage because um, that's the root of the music I make and the story I'm trying to tell. Now, the only difference is that I'm Filipino. I'm a Filipino American immigrant, and I am telling my story i'm i'm able to sort of tell and reflect my experiences and what i go through and and um also shatter the expectations of what being filipino and filipino american is supposed to be and it hates me that so many fucking people get entrapped in these sort of supposed ideologies of what people are supposed to be how people are supposed to act and like that's like, we're done with this. It's game over. Like, I'm going to follow this fucking passion and this dream of my music. And I'm so grateful and thankful that there's so many supporters out there um, pushing me and driving me forward. But, you know, if you're listening out there and you have a passion and dream you want to pursue, but you just can't, you haven't been in the right place or you, you're hesitant about it, fuck it. Like, fuck other people's opinions. Fuck the idea that you're supposed to be somewhere at a certain time when really anything can happen, Murphy's Law. And the reality is we should really be investing in happiness and joy and and, and the love that we have for ourselves, first and foremost, and our awareness of ourselves, but also to share that same love and understanding of who we are to share it with each other. And... and, and manifest it into the work and purpose that we find in the world because at the end of the day if you're doing that you're doing something that you love that love is going to share and shine to other people and it's going to reflect on the way you do business on the way you act and on the way you do life um anyways uh this is sort of a like mini summary of my life uh or at least my cultural my my musical upbringing and where i am now So uh, thanks for listening to Savage Mind podcast number one. Um, And probably next podcast, I'll probably start talking. I'll talk a little bit about how Soul Vision started. Um, uh, Talk about the shit that happened after high school, since I stopped at the end of high school. And you'll just have to find that next time. All right, peace.